You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Corinthians 13, and I do want to say about that last song, I was thinking at the drive-in when they were singing, uh, but I'm thankful for eternal security, of course. But I'm thankful that it's not up to me. If it were up to me, it wouldn't be eternal and it wouldn't be security. But I love it that it's all up to God. He's the one that saves you and He's the one that keeps you saved. I think about that song. I don't remember. The, I don't, couldn't tell you the name of the song right now. But there's that song that says, I'm not holding on to Jesus. He's holding on to me. And I'm glad He's hanging on. And uh, we might lose grip. And there might be times where we get discouraged or we fall or we, we fail. But I'm glad Jesus never fails, and I'm glad He'll keep you safe and secure. Once you, once you become His child, you are saved. Praise God for that. 1 Corinthians 13, we, uh, preached, I preached on this last Sunday uh, for I Love My Church Sunday, and I told you this week I was going to give you a test, so I hope you study, and I hope you're ready for the test. And uh, for anybody that called in sick, you've got to make up the test. You don't, you don't get away without taking the test. But we talked about this thing of love. You know, the world says that love is a feeling, right? Uh, uh, I just love this person because of the way they make me feel. Or I just love this person because they do this, this, and this for me, so therefore I love them. That's not true love. That's not Bible love. This word in 1 Corinthians 13 is the word charity, which literally means agape. It's an unconditional, sacrificial love. It's the love that God had for us when he sent his son to die. It's the love that Jesus had when he was hanging on that cross and his love was shown and his love was demonstrated. I want to have that kind of love. I understand that we are human. I understand we fall short and we fail so often. But I want to have a love that is real. Love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. We said last week, love is a decision. When you make a decision to love someone, you are saying, whether I feel like it or not, I love you. When you make a decision to say, I'm going to love God, whether I'm having a good day or I'm having a bad day, I still love God. You see, love is a decision. Love is a commitment. Uh, so many people today, they'll, they'll use the word love, but then they'll say, but I don't love them anymore. Or I, I fell in love with this person, but then I fell out of love with this person. Oh, no. Love is a commitment. You make a decision, and then you commit at that wedding altar. You say, I promise that I will love you and cherish you and cling to you and you only till death do us part. That's a commitment. And love is an action. Sometimes we joke, uh, some of, the, uh, some of us uh, fellas will say, you know, uh, you, you tell your wife you love her at the altar and, and uh, if you ever change your mind, you'll let her know. That is not the way you want to do it, fellas. You know why? Because your wife needs to hear it often. She needs to be reminded. And so love is a decision. It is a commitment, but love is an action. And you say, well, I told my wife uh, three months ago, I told her I loved her. Well, good, I'm glad. But how about telling her more than that? And how about showing her that you love her? Now, let's, let's switch gears. 
our love for God. I hope you love God. But can I tell you, a love for God is more than just when the bank account is full and the health is good and your family's getting along and things are going smooth. A love for God is a decision. You say, I love him because of what he's done for me, but I love him even if I go through trials, even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, even if I go through hard times, that doesn't change the fact that I love him. I've decided to, to, to love God. I've committed myself to love God and then I'm going to act upon it. I'm going to not just say I love God. I'm not just going to say I love somebody. I'm going to show them by my actions. We see in 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 13, and now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. 1 Corinthians 8 and verse number 1, the Bible says that charity edifieth. You want to know if you have love? Well, my question for you is, are you an encourager? Love encourages. Love builds up. Love doesn't tear down. Love is not critical. Love edifies. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, the Bible says, let all things be done with charity. That means when you go to church, you ought to have charity. When you go to work, you ought to have charity. When you get up in the morning, when you go to sleep, uh, when you're uh, spending time with your family, when you're all by yourself, everything should be done with love. Love is not something that you put on before you leave the house on Sunday morning and then you take it off when you get home after church, but love is 24-7. Uh, love is consistent and constant throughout your week and throughout your day. Colossians 3 the Bible says, above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. You know what love is? Love is like the glue that completes you. Love is the glue that completes our relationships. Love is the thing that holds everything together. First Timothy 1. The Bible says, now the end of the commandment is charity. This is the point. This is the, 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 the purpose is love out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. God's not looking for fake love. God's not looking for superficial or artificial love. God is looking for genuine, authentic, real love from the heart. 1 Timothy 4, the Bible says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Did you know we should be an example to other Christians of what love really is? I'll tell you this. We have in this church, we've got some people who are tremendous examples of love. And you don't, some of you, you don't know their names. Some of you, uh, you, 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 don't, you don't know because it's behind the scenes. But I'll tell you, we've got some of the most loving, genuine, caring people who set an example. They've never got up and preached. They've never maybe got up to sing a song, but they are living 24-7 what Christianity is with their example of love. 1 Peter 4, the Bible says, Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. You know, I know I make mistakes. There's, there's, that's not even a question. I know I make mistakes. I know I make a lot of them. But you know what can help all of us with the mistakes we make? When people know that you love them. People will put up with a lot. People will forgive a lot. People will overlook a lot of faults and shortcomings if they know that 
you love them. Love covers a multitude of sins. We saw last week that God is love, 1 John 4. We know that Jesus Christ is the personification of love. Jesus came as a man and he demonstrated what love is all about. We said last week that love suffers long. Did you know that Jesus is long-suffering? Aren't you glad Jesus is long-suffering with us? Aren't you glad that he puts up with a whole lot more than he probably should? But he does it. You know why? Because he loves you. Because he loves me. Jesus is long-suffering. 2 Peter 3, the Bible says that God uh, is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Did you know Jesus is kind? Love is kind, and Jesus is kind. Ephesians 4.32, the Bible says, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. God has been so kind. Jesus has been kind to us. Jesus did not envy. The Bible tells us in Matthew 27 that Jesus was delivered up. He was crucified because people envied him. But Jesus did not envy. Jesus did not have jealousy. We see in Philippians 2 that Jesus did not vaunt himself or puff up himself. As a matter of fact, the opposite. In Philippians 2, Jesus humbled himself. The King of kings and Lord of lords, he showed us the example of humility. Kind of makes, makes us look pretty silly when we get lifted up with pride, doesn't it? When we think that the Son of God was not proud, he was not boastful, but he had great humility. Jesus was not rude. You read through the Gospels and you read the story of Jesus' life. Jesus was kind. Jesus took time for people. Jesus demonstrated love in his spirit. Jesus did not seek his own. The Bible tells us that love seeketh not her own. Love is not selfish. Philippians 2, Jesus made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and he was made in the likeness of man. Jesus didn't come to earth for what he could get out of it. Jesus came to earth for what he could give and how he could help us. He came to seek and to save, not himself, not his own uh, desires, but he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was us. Jesus was not easily irritated. Now, some of us, we're, we're quick to get upset. Some of us with our temper or with our words or with our actions and, uh, and, and, and things will irritate us. Uh, there are times where things will irritate me and I hope I don't, I hope I don't uh, show it, but in my heart, I'm ticked off. In my spirit, I'm upset. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Do, do you, okay, we got a few. Brother Andrew, thank you for raising your hand. We saw you up here singing and we thought y'all were the perfect Christians and all that, but we at least know there's one thing that you struggle with. That's good to know. But can I tell you, Jesus did not get easily irritated. The Bible says in 1 Peter that Jesus, when he was reviled, you know what that word reviled means? He was abused. He was beaten. They plucked out his beard. They spit upon him. They mocked him. They jeered at him. They, they, they beat him with the cat of nine tails, with that whip, with those sharp uh, pieces of glass and metal. And they, they, they ripped the flesh off of his back and they drove a, a crown of thorns, literally spikes into his head. They nailed him to a cross. And you know what Jesus did through all of that? Nothing. 
He, when he was reviled, he didn't revile back. He didn't go on the attack. When he was threatened, he threatened not, but he committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. You know what Jesus did? He said, God, I'm going to let you take care of it. I'm going to not try to get even, not try to get revenge, but God, I'm going to put it in your hands. Jesus was not easily irritated or like it says, love is not easily provoked. Jesus was not quick to jump to conclusions. Now, some of us are. Let's just be honest. Some of us, before someone even finishes their sentence, we've already, we've already put them on trial, right? We've already declared the judgment and we have already declared the punishment and it's done before we even know the whole story. I got, I got a newsflash for you. Did you know after you have heard the story, did you know that often there's a whole nother side of the story that you haven't heard? Well, I tell you, that is amazing to me. How someone will say, did you hear about this, 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 and this? And I'm thinking, yeah, actually I did. And what that person doesn't know is there's a whole lot more to the story that they don't have a clue about. But it's, it's okay because they've already jumped to conclusions. They've already got it figured out. Aren't you glad that Jesus was not quick to jump to conclusions? Aren't you glad that he loved us and he died for us? Knowing that we were sinners and knowing what we would be after we got saved, he still loved us. I don't know about you. I'm just thankful to be saved. I'm thankful that Jesus loved me and he was willing to forgive me and he was willing to put up with a lot of junk and a lot of, a lot of things in my life that, that, uh, that, that, that I wish there were not there. But can I tell you, I'm glad that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus does not rejoice in iniquity, but he rejoices in the truth. Jesus died and he shed his blood to cover our sins and, and, and wash them white as snow. He didn't die on the cross to magnify our sins. He died on the cross to forgive us and to remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. Aren't you glad that Jesus believes the best about you? Jesus believed the best about his disciples. I, I love seeing Jesus interacting with Peter. And Peter was so, so quick to stick his foot in his mouth. And Peter was so quick to act first and think later. But you know what Jesus said about Peter? He said, Peter... He said, thou art Peter. He said, upon this rock, speaking of himself, I'll build my church. And he told Peter, he said, hey, you've got some great things coming. I'm going to use you and you will testify of me. He told that to the uh, apostles. And he said, even though you might deny me, he said, you are still going to be used for my glory. Aren't you glad for the God of second chances? Hallelujah. Jesus didn't give up on the cross and Jesus hasn't given up on you. Jesus did not quit. He endured the cross. He despised the shame and he's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And lastly, I'll say this, Jesus never fails. The Bible says charity never faileth. And I want to go on record today to say Jesus never fails. Jesus hasn't failed in the past. He doesn't fail in the, in the present and he's not going to fail in the future. Jesus is a never failing savior. He died. Yes, he died. Yes, he was buried, but he rose again. He didn't stay down. He didn't stay in the grave, but up from the grave, he arose. Jesus never fails. Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. 
Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. He said, hey, there'll be some, some great preaching and some great things. But he said, eventually that's going to be gone. The great tongues, I think, is the, 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 the languages that they talk about in verse number one. Although I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, I've heard some great speakers. I've heard some great orators before. But those things come and go. Then he says, whether there be knowledge, the knowledge will cease. Great understanding, great wisdom, brilliant minds come and go. Can I tell you what remains? And that is love. Love never fails. It never stops. It never reaches an end. There are things we do not understand. Paul goes on to say, we know in part, verse 9, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Do you remember when you were a child? Remember some things that you thought when you were a child and you didn't quite understand, you didn't figure it out, and then you got to a point in your life where the light bulb went on and you said, okay, I understand that now. Okay, that makes sense now. But can I tell you as Christians, there's a lot of things we don't understand right now. There's a lot of things we can't figure out right now. Verse number 12 says this, now we see through a glass darkly. That word glass is the same word as a, a looking glass or a mirror. There's things that we see in that glass, but, but we see it darkly or we see it dimly. In Bible times, they used like a polished brass or a polished metal. That was their mirror. They didn't have mirrors like we have today that are crystal clear. Although there's some mornings I wake up and look in the mirror. I kind of wish that mirror wasn't quite so clear. You know, I might, need to, I might need to invest in one of those Bible time mirrors. But anyway, they would look in that mirror. And um, I'm not appreciative that only a few of you laughed. Uh, I, was, I was hoping to get a little better response on that. Thanks a lot just for that. We're going to preach till one. I was going to try to be done at noon, but we'll have to add an hour on. But uh, you look in, in, in that, that mirror where it's not real clear. And, and you can't really see things the way they are. And that's what Paul says. He said, now, he said, we see things darkly. We, we see things dimly. It doesn't, all, it doesn't all make sense to us now. But he said, but one of these days, we will see clearly because we will see him face to face. And can I tell you, when we see Jesus face to face, that is going to help everything fall into place because that is where you and I will understand true love because we will see God himself, who is the definition, who is the epitome of love. We see in verse number 12, then I shall know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. The Bible says in John 13, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So here's the test. Are you ready? I'm going to give you these questions, and we're going to go quickly. I'm not asking you if you say you love God. I'm not asking you if you say that you love your spouse, or you love your children, or you love your neighbor, love your coworker. I'm asking you, based on this test that God gives us in 1 Corinthians 13, you you're going to have to answer these for yourself, but I'm asking you this, do you have love like God describes love? Are you ready? Number one, if you've got a pen and paper, you may want to jot a few things down because this is a test. 
And if you do not pass the test, we're going to have another class at 2 o'clock this afternoon. No, no, I'm just kidding. Number one, you say, do I have love? Uh, do I really love God? Do I really love people like I'm supposed to? Well, number one, let me ask you this question. Are you patient? You say, Pastor, that's hard to say yes or no. Well, scale of one to ten. Ten being the most patient and one being the least patient. Are you patient? You say, well, I love God. Well, good, I'm glad. But if you love God, you're going to have love for one another. And you're going to be patient with people. I don't know about you, but I don't like taking tests like this where the first question, I'm already bombing it. You know what I mean? But this isn't my test, Brother Graham. This wasn't a teacher that made up this test. This was God who gave us 1 Corinthians 13. And boy, it sure sounds sweet. And it sure sounds nice until you look in the mirror of the word of God and say, am I patient? Number two, are you kind? Are you kind? We, we live in a day where we, people, people have become, I, in my opinion, I know we live in the South, and I, I, I love Roanoke Rapids, and I love our area, um, but we live in a, a day where sometimes people are not kind. It seems like people are not nice, and maybe it's because of what they're watching on television all the time, and maybe it's because of all the news they're hearing, and maybe it's the music they're listening to, and all the things that are programming their minds. But can I tell you, a Christian who has love is a kind person. Number three, are you jealous? You see, the Bible says that love envieth not. Love is not jealous. You can't say you love God and you can't say you love everybody if you are jealous of what everybody else has. Ah, somebody's got more money than me and somebody's got a better job and somebody's got a, a newer car and a bigger house and somebody looks better than me and somebody's got more hair than me. That's why I appreciate some of our guys like Brother Tony. You know, you make me, make me feel good, brother, you know. Although you, you did shave it, I, did, I should add that part, but... But, but we, we become jealous. Love is not jealous. Love is not envy. Love is not looking what everybody else has and saying, I deserve that. Love is saying, I'm glad for them. I'm happy for them. Hey, I may not have it, and God may know I don't need it. God may know that if I had more money, I wouldn't even come to church. God may know that if you had a better job, you'd put that job above your family. But can I tell you, love does not envy. Love, number four, let me ask you this, are you proud? Love vaunteth not itself is not puffed up. I've said it before, but a few, few years ago, it's been several now, I forget how many years, but the word of the year, you ready for it? It was selfie. Remember that? A few years ago, that was the word of the year. That was the most used word of the year. Everybody was all about a selfie. Everybody was all about self. I tell you, that's not love. And I'm not saying if you take a selfie that you're wicked. I'm just saying that if your life is all about you, if your life is all about boasting and bragging, that's not love. You know what love does? Love brags on others. You love your spouse, you know what you ought to do? You ought to brag on that spouse. Uh, you know, if you love the Lord, you know what you're going to do? You're going to brag on Him. If you love your church, you're going to brag on the church. If you, if, you, if you love one another, you're going to brag on others, not brag on yourself. Love is not proud. Next, are you rude? It says in verse number five, love doth not behave itself unseemly. Love is not rude. Well, I want to be kind. And you know, sometimes we get in a hurry. Sometimes it's easy to be rude or it's easy to be sharp with people. 
But love is not rude. Number six, are you selfish? Love is not selfish. Love does not seek her own, but love seeks the needs of others. Number seven, are you easily irritated? I'll tell you, people are stressed out. And I understand some of it is because of a pandemic and some of it is because of an economy and some of it's because of elections. But, you know, you're always going to have an excuse. You're always going to have a reason. Well, I'm just so stressed out because of my job or I'm just so stressed out. Let's face it. You and I are stressed out because we have not let the love of God take control in our lives. That's the truth right there. Love is not easily irritated. Love is not quick to jump to conclusions. Are you quick to jump to conclusions? Number eight, that if, if you love God, if you love people, you're not going to be uh, 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 thinking evil of people and, and always thinking the worst about people. Number nine, are you happy when someone else gets in trouble? Now, sometimes that pharisaical side can come out of us, right? And something bad happens to somebody and we immediately think, if they would have listened to me, or here it is, I told you so. Oh no, but you wouldn't listen to me. You knew better. Serves you right. I'm glad that happened to you. Can I tell you that's not love. Love has a broken heart when someone is hurt or when someone has something bad happen. But if you love, you're not happy when someone else gets in trouble. Love covers the errors of others. I want to ask you, do you cover the errors of others or do you point them out? I'm not talking about covering sin. I'm not saying at, at the workplace somebody's stealing from the company and you cover that. Absolutely not. You ought, to, you ought to report it. You ought to do the right thing and the honest thing. But I'm talking about when somebody makes a mistake. I'm talking about when somebody does something maybe that is embarrassing and we point it out. Kind of like our staff likes to do to Brother Dan. I'm going to have to uh, ask uh, for forgiveness this week about that. But anyway... Um, uh, do you cover the errors of others or do you point them out? How about this? Do you believe the best about people? Did you know sometimes as Christians we can get real cynical, can't we? Yeah, I don't think they're going to amount to much. Yeah, I don't think that person will ever do anything for God. Well, I got news for you. That person might do more for God than you and me and the whole bunch over here because it's not us. It's all the grace of God and God can use anybody. But do you believe the best about people? Next, do you have hope? Number 12, do you have hope? Love has hope. Love does not give up, but love hopeth all things. I was speaking to one of our church members on the phone yesterday, and we were talking about some things that have happened recently. And she made this comment, and it blessed my heart. She said, you know, Pastor, she said, I just believe that God has got it all under control. And I thought, you know, I probably should have said that to her. That would have probably been better coming from the pastor. But you know what she did? She helped me. She said, I just have hope and confidence that God has this under control. Number 13, do you quit when things get hard? And by the way, some people do quit. Some people do give up. But love endureth. Love endureth all things. And then number 14, here's the last one. Do you get back up when you fall down? We all fall down. Bible says a just man falleth seven times, but what does he do? He riseth up again. Love gets back up. So here's my question for you. Based upon these 14 
uh, qualities or characteristics of love do you have love? I'll tell you what I have. I have homework. I got some things I need to work on because I want all of those things to be true in my life, but I haven't arrived. As a matter of fact, not even close. And I hope that as we leave here today, I hope that we'll say, this is what I want. This is what true love really is. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.